Good morning again. For those of you who don't know, my name is Perry, and uh, I'm one of the missional community leaders uh, for Mercy Hill, and so I lead the Wednesday night missional community. Um, and uh, actually, I'm very excited. This is the first time that you got it. <laughs> this is the first time that I've actually been able to share God's word here in our new building. Uh, so it's been very exciting when Nate asked me uh, to to preach, uh, especially on this passage. Uh, it was humbling uh, and very exciting. Um, I I find a lot of strength in in the the story that we are going to dive into today. Um, so if you've not been with us, we've been uh, traveling through the book of Luke and uh, learning about just who Jesus is. And um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, this past week, we saw uh, Jesus healing the servant of the centurion. So he had elders come out and, and meet Jesus where he was. Uh, he had just gotten done with the Sermon on the Mount and then the Sermon on the Plain. And this is where Jesus is starting to jump headlong into his ministry. Um, and so we see Jesus starting his ministry here. And uh, the stage that is being set is on the way to Nain. So if you could go ahead and grab your Bibles. And uh, if you don't have a Bible or your Bible's old, there is one probably in the seat in front of you. Uh, if you don't have one, this is a Bible that is a gift to you. You can go ahead and take. Uh, if you're looking at our Bibles, it's on, uh, i got to get there myself, page 956. So we're going through Luke 7, 11 through 17. So soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, and the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bear, and, and the bear stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all. And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited, visited his people. And the report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. With that, let's pray uh, as we we dig into the word of God. Father, uh, again, we, we just uh, lift up our hearts, we open our ears, we ask for just the sermon of your word and understanding, where we, we just, um, we look to you to guide us in these troubling times. Uh, in our community, uh, and we know that uh, in a, a community like ours, in, in our county, where 
there is uh, much disparity like that um, that is in this story and that that is abroad where we're traveling on our mission trip that there is only one hope and that hope is you it is the hope found in your son Jesus Christ and that hope is great Lord let us learn how to completely trust in you and then share that great news in your son's name we pray amen so it's very interesting if you can imagine the scene here there's a crowd of people already following jesus so he has his disciples and all the people that he had been ministering to are traveling down the road and then out of this town comes another crowd a funeral procession for a son of a widow and it's very interesting from this we can really gain three things and and what i found very awesome is rc sproles if if you know who he is or who he was was a, a great godly man uh, he had said in this text if this was the only text luke 7 11 through 17 that had survived the ages that no other passage had survived that we could gain enough to understand who god is and his grace and our salvation all in here and so the three things main things that we really learn is the compassion and grace of jesus christ his power over death and his divinity so first we see jesus's compassion so the situation of the crowds converging together we see a, a vision of all these people just kind of colliding there on the road and jesus seeing this woman weeping and it says here that he had compassion on her and said to her do not weep what's so amazing is we get a sense here of christ's deep love for us and our compassion he sympathizes and empathizes with those things that we struggle with with the things that we have trouble with the things that we uh, come against in our daily lives and those big obstacles he has compassion for us. He's felt those things as a man. Where we also see this compassion is in Scripture, we see three times where Jesus Christ raised someone from the dead. The first time we see is in Mark, Jairus' daughter, and you don't have to turn there, but Mark 5, uh, 22 through 43, tells a story of Jesus and I'm sorry Jarvis's daughter but what's interesting is and when Jesus had crossed again the boat to the other side a great crowd, uh, sorry, crowd gathered then came one of the rulers of the synagogue Jairus by name and seeing him he fell to his feet and implored him earnestly saying my little daughter is at the point of death come lay your hands on her and what's also interesting is the other time that we see Christ raise someone from the dead is in John 11.1. 1. 
which is the story of Lazarus. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord and with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And the reason why I read those is what we see in this passage is that Christ unprompted raised the son of this widow. What we, what we saw with the centurion last week, it was the centurion's faith that Christ was amazed with. We see in these two passages, it was the prompting or the pleading of first uh, Jairus, the, the synagogue leader, and Mary, Lazarus' sister, pleading with God to heal their brother. But in this situation, we see Christ having compassion for the widow and raising her son completely unprompted, showing that through his grace and his mercy and love, this young man was raised from the dead. It wasn't due to any faith or action that he had taken. It wasn't due to any action of his, his mother. Her mother didn't say anything. The crowd that was around him didn't say, oh, Jesus, look, there's a man who has passed or has died. Heal him. And so what we see is Christ's love for us illustrated right here. It was through his compassion that he raised this son. The second thing we see is his power over death. Now, Christ in Scripture was not the first to bring someone back from the dead. If you look at 1 Kings 17 and 2 Kings 4, we see the prophets Elijah and Elijah pray to God to raise people from the dead, servants of the Lord. But what we see in those passages is these prophets praying to God for his power and his mercy to raise from the dead. But what we see here is Christ's power over death. He doesn't pray to his father. He says to that son, arise. And the son arises and starts to speak. This, again, is a foreshadow of the power over death that he will have in the resurrection. This shows that he can command life and that he can give life as Christ. Also, the illustration of his power over death were the three times that I, I talked about earlier. Jairus' daughter and Lazarus and this widow's son. That he was able to do what no one thought was possible that no one ever had imagined or seen, that he was able to take someone who had passed, who had died, and brought them back to life. Third, we see his divinity, and we see his sovereignty. What we find interesting is that the reaction of the crowd 
Now we have to remember, Jesus is just now beginning his ministry. He's done his Sermon on the Mount. He's done the, the Sermon on the Plain. John has come before him announcing his way, but it still had not really created a buzz. There were people starting to find out about Jesus. There were crowds gathering. But what we see, and I think it's the reason why Luke pointed out, in this particular moment, if you see in 16, fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. What's interesting about that is it's been 400 years since God had visited his people. We've got to remember that since Isaiah, this time now between when Christ had come, the Jewish people had not heard from God. God had fallen silent. And at this point, they're acknowledging that God had visited his people. So the people here in this crowd and that were following him, and that's the, spread, the word spread through Judea and the surrounding country, was that the silence had been broken, that God again is speaking to his people, which for the Israelites, I mean, as, as we see in the Old Testament, there may have been a generation had passed, but the Israelites had continued to hear from God. In this situation, there is not anyone who can say, well, you know, my, God, or my father or my grandfather, we're talking great, 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 great grandfather was the last one to be around when the Israelites had heard from God. So them saying that points back to a prophecy that had been fulfilled. The prophecy in Isaiah 7, 14 and in 9, 2 that talks about the coming of a Messiah, the coming of the light. We see in, in 7, 10 through 14 in Isaiah, again, the Lord spoke, asked a sign of the Lord your God, and let it be deep as shoal or high as heaven. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, it is too little for you to the weary men that you weary my God also. Therefore, the Lord himself will, be, will give a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, Emmanuel. So the prophecy has been fulfilled in Isaiah that the Christ or that God is speaking to his people. So we see that in this verse that we, we see the compassion and grace of Christ, we see his power and rule over death and his divinity. So how do we react to that? What, what is it that we do now with that information that we find? And, and the first thing I think is, is to have hope. If you can imagine this widow, to give you an idea culturally uh, in the, the Israel culture in the Middle East in this time, a widow who had nobody to take care of her was cast aside. So her husband had died, and now this, this man of the house, her son, had died at a young age. 
and she was going to be without anything. No one to take care of her, no one to, to, you know, take care of her basic needs, to live with her, to all those things, provide for her. And so if you can imagine, her deep despair is not only the loss of her, her son, but the idea of hopelessness, complete despair. But what we see here is that through Christ's love and compassion, she has hope. She deli- it, Christ delivered her son back to her. So we can see there that when we have problems and we see those struggles that come across us and the obstacles that we come against, that God's love and compassion is what gives us hope. It's the things that we can dwell on is that his love for us and the mercy and grace that he has shown us can defeat and overcome anything even death. And that's why we find our salvation in him. It's that love and grace. It's also what we see in here is an assurance in Christ. Again, there had been nowhere before scripture and even in the scriptures that a person had commanded life. With a single command. So what we see here is is an assurance that this is Christ. This is God. To have the control of the elements to defeat death. We are assured that what we see in scripture is truth. And that ultimate truth is through the salvation and through Jesus' grace and our faith in him that we too then can defeat death. And it's that power through him in us that allows that to happen. And last, I think how we should react and really what my challenge is, is how the crowd reacted. Again, in 16, we see that they are... Fearful, but I think in awe, right? And they are saying, God has visited us. And that the word spread throughout the country. I think what Luke is telling us here is how they shared their story. If God has touched your life, how do you share that with everyone? Shouldn't we be as excited as these people who witnessed this great miracle. Shouldn't we be as excited to tell the story of Jesus Christ, our salvation, his love for us, the grace he has for us, the mercy and his compassion on us. Shouldn't we be compelled to tell that to everyone we come across? What we see Luke talking about is uh, this group of people And it wasn't just the followers of Christ, because he said, fear seized them all, and they glorified God. So you had the funeral procession that maybe a few of them had heard of this guy, Jesus, 
but they were mourning. But once this miracle happened, they all glorified God. And isn't that how we should all react when we have that opportunity to spread the word of his good news? So I think we should draw to the amazement the crowd has, knowing that God has so much love and compassion for us, that even though we may be dead in our sin, that he can save us. He can bring us to life. And it's through him that we get that life. And also, we should be encouraged that we can find hope in him. That even no matter what the situation, there is hope in Christ. Like this widow had soon seen. That no matter how torn up inside she was, it was Christ who delivered that ultimate hope to her. So as we see in this, in this Bible, like R.C. Sproul said, or like in this verse, that the elements of the good news are all there. We see Christ's love and compassion for us. We see his mercy and his grace to save and not any action that we can do or have done can save ourselves. We see that it's only through his love that we are brought to life. And that our hope is soundly and firmly in him. And with that, we should carry that good news to everyone that we encounter. So, let's pray. Father, we are humbled to know how much you loved us. That you would send your son to come and be with us, to walk as a man, to feel the things that we feel, to have the struggles that we have, have to be tempted as we are tempted to encounter sin and yet be sinless. Lord, let that sink deep into our heart. Let us be driven by that to share the good news with everyone that we come in contact with, with everyone that we have a chance to talk to that we can turn every conversation into a gospel conversation. Because really what is at stake here, Lord, is, is bigger than anything that we can come across here in this world. Because eternity is at stake, Lord. Lord, we put our faith and trust in you. We ask that that you compel us to just live a life that is reflecting of you and drawn closer to you, Lord. In your son's name we pray, amen. So here at Mercy Hill, every week,